gay. I'm so gay. I'm the gayest. Hello. I'm gay, and I'm your host, Geraldo Rivera. And you're listening to Geraldo's Edge Game, episode fucking 14. Uh, the podcast where I uh, jerk off uh, and talk about whatever I feel like. I talk about myself for an hour while I try. It's supposed to be to try not to come, but really it's trying to come. Uh, it's a lot harder to come than you think in this day and age with so much going on. Uh, I'm still fucking sick and I'm fucking annoyed, actually. Uh, it's getting, it's really getting to me. Um, but I'm here doing this. Uh, I put a lot of thought into this initially on paper. I prepped a lot. And now that it's here, uh, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to complain. Anyway, uh, this is part three of the, the Valiant Time Day series, Valiant Times, whatever. Okay, we're talking about girls that uh, I was addicted to, girls like Krushtong, girls I've uh, 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 I've done hand stuff with, uh, and so on. And somehow we're on part three, and we're only on, we're pretty much, we're at the end of high school. We're, we're ending high school. Uh, I don't know if it picks up from here. Who fucking cares? Uh, I'm going to make it a long one because I don't really want to do a part four, but, uh, we may have to. So if you're still interested in, in my dating history at all, uh, this is where we're going to pick up on. I've done nothing this week. Really, literally nothing. Uh, I've been a piece of shit. No updates. Nothing new. Okay, here we go. Uh, Forgot to mention a big part of middle school was Jasmine V. She's a girl that we I met. Uh, okay, a big chunk of my middle school was spent playing uh, fucking video games, which is normal for a lot of people. And some people, you know, join a clan or like have a have a, a group of some sorts that they play with regularly. And mine happened to be my cousin uh, and two randos we met, and we all played. Um, when Super Smash Brawl was coming out in, I believe that was eighth grade, we all played, leading up to that, we all played uh, Smash on the N64 online through an emulator, and we played that, and then we would chat on uh, Skype. For some reason, we used Skype to do our video chatting instead of uh, like anything else that was available at the time. But yeah, so... Me and my cousin, we both had a crush on on Jasmine V, who was uh, a girl from somewhere in California, some Mexican girl with autism. We didn't know she was autistic. This only came later, but she is uh, indeed autistic, which made sense. We also played uh, an MMORPG called Mabinogi, which if you're not familiar is from the same I believe the same studio that created uh, uh, Maple Story, if you remember that, that cringe. Um, I think they made other stuff Nexon, but it doesn't matter. We played the hell out of out of Mabinogi 
a lot of role playing there, a lot of emotions. Uh, probably jerked off to the game at least one time. I don't know. Can't recall, but I'm sure I did. I'm just going to go ahead and say I probably did. Um, just had to get that out of the way because that was, I forgot that was a big part. Um, and I definitely could have, um, I think it's important to mention because I definitely could have slipped into that stereotype that, uh, I don't know that, that online dating sort of thing with strangers and, and video game girls and having like eight year long distant relationships with someone you've never met, but you bond over fucking video games. That could have, I could have, I could have gone that, that route. Um, nothing inherently wrong. Now that I'm seeing the future, now I'm speaking from 2022. Uh, I think it wouldn't have been quite so bad. In fact, maybe I should have went that way. So I would have been ahead of the game, uh, you know, trying to find love in VR chat. But which I hear is is more common now uh, amongst Gen Z is 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 just fucking sexting in VR chat, like fucking each other's avatars and and moaning, which is cool, which sounds hot. I just don't think it's it's my time to get into that. Um, but I've learned that that's not as uh, it's not really that taboo. It's actually pretty. I guess I guess from the Gen Z I've talked to that are fans of my porn, uh, maybe that's a specific niche, but they're into it. Okay, anyway, so somehow I escaped that. Um, I realized my place, and also because my cousin had a crush on her, I was like, well, he doesn't have much else going on for him right now, so I'm gonna let him. I'm gonna let him have that. Uh, and then she, I think, was in love with some other online boy. And then I don't know. I don't know what autism's like. But I, I do. But I guess I was trying to overcome it at that time. And I guess my real physical social life was picking up around that time. So around like ninth grade. And I, well, okay. So then I had my first kiss. And I was like, well, I should probably invest more time into getting like actual pussy than, than this like video game pussy. Anyway, not above it. I definitely was prone to it. Okay. This is not me poo-pooing your, your, your internet relationships at all because I, I could be heading down that route now. Okay. And we'll get to that later. So moved on from that. They're still out there. I think she got married. Uh, at some point in high school, I remember I ran into my third grade uh, uh, opposites attract crush, Sarah W., which I think I f fully name dropped Weiler, but she was the, the prissy, like dressed like she was in a Catholic private school, but went to our public school for some reason and had the same birthday as me. Okay. And uh, I went with my friend, Kurt, who was uh, one of the the up-and-coming rappers from our high school who uh, spent his dead grandma money on studio time. That's true. He got like 5K or something from his grandma and, and spent it on studio time. 
and it was a bunch of like copyright beats that were like Lil Wayne, like Nicki Minaj type beats. Uh, anyway, he was a good friend. And uh, we went to a hookah lounge because that's what you do when you turn 18 and can smoke tobacco now legally. You go to, you hang out at hookah lounges. And uh, we ran into Sarah. And I, I rec- for whatever reason, I recognized her like immediately, even though, you know, she had aged uh, probably like nine years. This is probably like senior. Yeah. So like nine years. Uh, and she, at that point, had become like mega stoner. I mean, so did I. But, you know, from my impression of like her being the uh, the prissy Catholic girl, it made, it made sense. You know, and then I went to college. I was like, oh, that's what happens to everyone who was like sheltered and like repressed throughout their childhood. It's just like they either become like a burnout stoner or like they, I don't know. I guess there's a lot of different routes. Sarah Weiler wasn't, uh, you know, an anomaly by any means, but it was, uh, you know, it was a, a lesson because I was like, you know, I liked her still. She was still hot. But uh, I just remember thinking like, wow, like she's kind of in the same boat I'm in feeling like a, I was like a burnout degenerate, like stoner going, hanging out at the hookah lounge, you know, like every other 18 year old. Um, but yeah, I remember thinking like, damn, what could have been, but nothing happened. I just liked, I just liked running into her again. Uh, and I would love to run into her at uh, 28 as well. Next time I'm home for. I don't know, a wedding, perhaps run into Sarah Weiler once more every 10 years, kind of like a one Harry met Sally, but, uh, just for, but nothing happens. You know, we're just both miserable and, uh, burnt out. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I, I kind of skipped over Julie a lot. Julie is like really important through all this. Julie S the high school sweetheart girl next door. But I don't know. There's like part of me that doesn't feel the need to like really go in depth there. Uh, It's cause it's so stereotypically in my mind, it's so stereotypically like your first love, your first crush, you know, it's very passionate. It's very like, uh, it's for one of those forever things. Like she's the one. Uh, And I feel like I didn't really go into much detail when I, you know, there, it's a big chunk of high school, but I almost feel like she's deserving of a its full its own kind of episode, just because there's so much context around like my mental health and my relationship with my mom and in that time period that I have to like it, it makes it it makes her sound like a bitch if I don't kind of give it its full context. Uh, it kind of just sounds like she's like a crazy neurotic like piece of shit, um, but. I think I, I kind of influenced that. So let's just chalk it up to like, we had a very passionate, uh, romantic, you know, high school relationship for like three years on and off, um, with all the drama you would expect. And, uh, and we dry humped until we were 18 and I didn't have sex until we were both 18. She was my first and, uh, it was not that good. I remember cause I had, uh, 
you know, I was ready. You know, I had the condom in the wallet like every other good teen. I had that condom in my wallet for, uh, you know, three, four years. The, the wallet my stepdad gave me when I was, you know, six. You know, just been saving condoms since I was six in my wallet. And by the time it was just out of the blue, we had talked about it many times, but then she was just like, yeah, let's do it. We, we were on good terms and I was like on meds. I was medicated and I was like doing okay in school, I think. I was settled in mall school. I was working my job at Toys R Us and I was, you know, my, my weed use was, uh, moderate. You know, I had found some balance. I wasn't just getting obliterated every day. Um, like I had been. So I guess at that point she found me, uh, I was stable enough to fuck finally. Um, or maybe it was just cause we were 18. I remember that was a big deal. So, it was pretty much, we both turned 18 in October and I remember we had sex like end of October. So we had it very legally, as legally as uh, possible. And I remember it just started off by like the usual, like, oh, it's, we're making out, probably dry hump to completion. I mean, she won't, but I, I'll, I'll come in my pants. I got really good at coming my pants up to that point um, in a relationship uh, and I could do it quick but we started off and she's I think I she just asked like do you want to have sex and I was like okay and got the got the condom out the wallet uh, put it on and I think this is a this is where I fucked up is I'm pretty sure I put it on backwards and I remember like, you know, I remember to pinch the tip and to unroll it and, you know, everything we learned in sex ed, everything I had practiced for these, all these years. Uh, but I had put it on, I think backwards maybe, or I don't know. But the point is, is that it didn't feel right. And I remember we tried and I guess she noticed something didn't feel right either somehow, but uh, we stopped after about. 15 to 20 seconds of missionary uh and i was just like oh i'll get another condom and it's not because i came surprise unfortunately it's not because i came in 10 seconds which is would have been ideal i think that would have been the ideal first time but no it was more of just like it feels weird let's get another condom i was like all right i have more in my hot car sitting in the driveway and I remember like running out kind of like pants half on uh, in the nice quiet suburbia we lived in. She lived in. We lived in. Uh, got the hot condoms pre-warmed and uh, ran back in. And by the time I got back, she was like not down. And I think she wasn't even down to like do anything. I think she just uh, I think I jerked off in the bathroom. Uh, and that was the first time. And it got better, you know, after that. It got way better after that. Uh, once we learned she could squirt, that was like a really big thing for me. Uh, kind of set the tone, set the bar for what I, I would expect of other girls. I was like, oh, I guess she just, not everyone likes to pee on on their boyfriends. Just, just Julie. Uh, but yeah, I was really into that. 
And then, you know, we had other, we had risky sex. We had passionate, like, uh, pregnancy scares. We had one of those. Uh, I don't know. Should I save these stories for another time? It doesn't fucking matter. The pregnancy scare was funny just because, uh, it was the day I, I had graduated from all school is the day I graduated. Cause I went to a different, I went to both graduations. I went to my original public school and I went to this remedial like charter school graduation and uh i had won this prize at graduation for my service learning project which i pretended to help a cuban refugee like assimilate to american life and i i i guess i pretended that i it was a it was dumb from the start cuz i like signed up and they knew i didn't speak spanish and they were like you're going to help this guy who can barely speak English, uh, learn English and also like learn to like function in our society. And I was like, I'm like 18 and I don't know Spanish. I took four years of French and I made it very clear that part I didn't lie about. And they just like assigned me anyway. Cause I'm sure they had no other, no one else wanted to do that job. Uh, which is unfortunate. And I remember we would just go and like, we would just talk through like Google translate at the library and like, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what we did. I, and he would show me pictures of his family and stuff. So it was more of just like, I was like his support, but we didn't really connect in any way. And I don't think I really helped him maybe. I don't know, but he didn't kill himself. I don't know if that, maybe that was the goal is to not have your refugee kill themselves to not give up, to not do drugs. I was kind of just a sponsor. Um, but I journaled and wrote that I like helped him, you know, learn English and all this shit. And so they were just like, you know, no one is verifying this information and no one else was doing this program. Okay. So the point is, is that I got awarded a $50 gift card for my, my great service, uh, to the community. And that night, uh, the condom broke while Julie and I were having sex on the floor. Uh, and I didn't notice it until after I had come after I coomed. And I remember the, the scream, the shrill, uh, blood curdling, like scream that Julie released in the bathroom after this, revelation uh we were both like <laughs> like naked just standing in my dad's like dirty bathroom uh and she's just like shaking and like crying and like hysterical and i'm just like huh you know like I, the whole time i'm like when are we gonna go and get the the plan b that's all i'm thinking the whole time i'm like we're when when can we go this is the is the pharmacy open? Like I I kind of already knew this this was my first time going through it, but like as soon as it happened, I was like, well, there's there's like options. Uh, but Julie was very scared, and that's how I learned she was autistic. I'm kidding. That's just how I knew uh, that maybe this wasn't, you know, 
maybe she wasn't as mentally stable as I, I thought. Maybe she's the more uh, neurotic one. I get it. I get it. She's the one that would get pregnant and, and all that stuff. So I, this is a null point. But I just remember in that moment, I was like, wow, I'm, I'm the actually, I'm actually the, the stable one in this situation. That's weird. I'm the, I'm the, the cool level-headed one for once. Uh, maybe out of necessity because I, she couldn't like do anything. It reminded me of my mom going like catatonic when I got caught plagiarizing. It kind of felt like that. Um, Cause she could not like get dressed and like go. And I remember uh, she had to call like her sister at, it was like midnight. It was like midnight or one in the morning. I remember thinking like, should I call my dad? Uh, Cause my dad worked night. So I was like, maybe we should just go to my dad and like, see what, but I was like, what's my dad going to say? Like, you know, we're, he knows exactly what, as much as I do about what to do in this situation. Uh, and yeah. And then we just drove out to the, the CVS, the one CVS that was open within like 50 miles. And, uh, and I, I spent that $50 that I, I lied to earn on, on plan B. So don't know what that means. Don't know the significance of that, but I just, uh, it's a key, it's a key memory of, uh, of our relationship for some reason. <laughs> Uh, and then there were many fights to be had after that regarding, uh, how plan B fucks up a woman's hormones and it does, you know, but, uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm going to give her her own episode probably if it, if I ever get to that point, if it ever interests anyone, it is a key. It affects me to this day. Um, and we'll get back to her later. So senior year, uh, high school, me and Julie aren't on good terms around the time everyone's asking each other to go to prom. I think uh, something had happened where I I was really depressed that senior year after like we had sex and it was kind of good for a minute because uh, I got in a car crash I was fine, but like my car was total. So I was like depressed. And then like, I was just smoking hella weed. And that's when I got put on like really weird antipsychotics. And so I was just like fucking miserable. I was just like a fucking zombies. How most people like described me. I was just kind of like nothing for a while. Um, and then things like picked up when I like somehow got into college i got i got accepted to one the one school i applied to um and so i was like kind of motivated i was like okay i guess i should finish high school and like get my life get my shit together stop like smoking weed all the time uh so that my point being is me and julie weren't good yet i was still on the come up and i had basically my a, a mutual friend of lexi l from like second grade, my second or third grade crush, Lexi L. We they called me randomly and we're just kind of like, hey, uh, Lexi doesn't have a date for prom or something. Like it was just like one of those like they were asking me to ask her. Really weird to think about uh how that happened. I don't know what the conversation was, but uh yeah, I, I remember like 
I did take her to prom and I remember even telling her, uh, I don't know what was going through my head. I was like, maybe this is how it comes full circle. Uh, I was like, yeah, I had like the biggest crush on you, like in like second grade. So like, this is kind of awesome. And she was just kind of like, I don't remember her response. She's like, oh, really? That's cute. Uh, so I don't know if I was just wasn't working. I wasn't macking because I was like thinking about Julie the whole time. But nothing really happened between us. And I remember like once we got to prom, we kind of like just ditched each other and just like went with our own friends because we weren't really – our circles didn't overlap that much. I just – all I really knew about her is that she partied and like – fucked football players or, or whatever, but I guess none of them asked her. So, uh, I, yeah, it was, it was fun cause there was no pressure. And, uh, at that point me and Julie were fucking again. We were like on good terms, but she had already, one of her like little skeezy, like art kid friends had like snuck through, snuck in while we were, you know, on good terms and, and asked her. So, uh, James. Yeah. But me and James are cool. But I remember thinking like, damn, that's, he slipped in there. He's been waiting this whole time. Uh, but it, it was fine. And then, uh, I remember we went back to the cool mom, uh, house party, the, the friend with the cool mom who let the kids drink in the basement. We went to the, her house after prom and I don't remember. I'm pretty sure I just texted Julie the whole night because I don't remember, like, I didn't drink at that time, really. And there was no, there was nothing happening between me and Lexi. Actually, I heard that she had fucked two dudes that night, apparently. Apparently. I don't really know. Don't want to ruin her reputation. But it was high school. It was prom. Who fucking cares? Uh, I hope she had fun. But one of those dudes was not me just to make it clear. And then the next morning I picked Julie up from the, the art house, the art kid house. And, uh, and then we, we were supposed to go help clean up the, I feel like I told this story so many times already. We were supposed to go clean up the, um, it was prom. We were supposed to clean up prom because it was at the hotel. We, we rented a, like a banquet hall. And apparently we signed up to clean it up and we got there, we parked in the garage and then we just fucked in the car for like, I don't know, like three hours. We were there longer than we like would have been just to clean up uh, for whatever reason. And we parked near like the, the walkway connecting the, the, the garage, the parking structure to like the hotel. Uh, and so mad people walked by and the windows were fogged up and like the car was like running cause we had the AC pump in and like, I don't know how we didn't get caught. No one cared, I guess, but it was hot. Uh, and then I think we were like, cool. And we were like back together after that, <laughs> <coughs> after the hot three hour car session, uh, after prom, uh, also, I found out having, uh, at, when I asked Lexi, apparently my, the drug dealer 
who ha- also happened to be like a good friend of mine from middle school, Brendan, the, the the kid whose basement I threw up in when we smoked weed. Uh, apparently he was planning on asking Lexi or was talking, talking to Lexi up to that point. And I had no idea. This was not, you know, I had no idea. And I found out later that Brendan basically had banned me from coming to the house. Like if, if I had asked him to buy, if I'd asked to buy weed or whatever from him at that point, he would have said no, but I had only, I didn't know this and I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't buying from him at the time. Uh, but I found out like three years later that Brendan had banned me and had like this grudge against me because I had, uh, asked his girl to prom, even though he wasn't, uh, he was even less involved in our school cause he totally, he went to like a completely like cyber program. So we were both like delinquents, like trying to still have a normal, like high school experience. I don't know if he ended up going or not with someone else, but apparently he was pretty pissed. Um, and then he like, I didn't know about any of this. And then he forgave me one time when he was like tripping acid and we were at like a mutual friend's house and he's just like, Oh man, don't worry about it. Like, you know, it's, I moved on. Like, it's all good. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I, I had no idea. So, um, uh, I really should have, uh, I mean, I did nothing wrong, but I felt bad about it. Cause I was like, damn, you know, I'm sure at the time it was like, I'm sure he really wanted to go to prom. Uh, just a little detail about having that come full circle. Uh, I don't know. And then a lot of, a lot of shit happened that summer. I, I went crazy. I tried killing myself. Uh, there was some beef with my mom, with uh, Julie and like Taylor, the guy that wanted to fuck her the whole time. Uh, and I went crazy, took a bunch of tripsies, had crazy like hallucinations and, then that whole thing with my dad finding me, blah, blah, blah. And during this time, like Julie was like, we were like, obviously not cool again, I guess. The last thing I had texted her was like, I want to fuck you so bad. Uh, before I like, you know, lost motor control and, and then ended up in the hospital. But that, that would have been, if I had died, that would have been the last thing uh, she had heard from me was that I wanted to fuck her so bad or something like that. <laughs> Pretty funny. And then sometime over that summer, she <clears throat> kind of jokingly, but like it stuck with me. She kind of was just like, I kind of wish you had died that time. She was kind of like not, it was, she was saying it like genuinely. Cause like it had been a long, like up and down, like emotionally draining, manipulative, like relationship of me, like kind of using my mental health and like suicide to like, keep her interested I don't not interested but yeah I you know but I was I kept her in my in my grips you know uh it was enticing so I always remember that talk because it ended up being a really nice day but I remembered like her saying just like yeah I kind of wish she had died and then we just laughed for like a good like 10 minutes about that um, it was a really nice moment, but 
we kind of agreed. It was like, well, it's good. We're going to college now. Like we're both going to, you know, live our lives and whatever. And I was like, well, we should just fuck a lot before we go, you know, get some like practice. I don't know. You know, th like the dumb shit you say when you're in, in high school. I think she was on the same page. Uh, but we didn't. I think it was like, we're just going to not. Let's move on. <laughs> and that was interesting because I was like, well, you know, you're my first and we hardly had sex. But I was hoping like, I don't know. I forget. And my nose is so fucking congested. I'm fucking annoyed. Uh, okay. So after, you know, getting out of the hospital, uh, my family was really about getting me like out of the house but like with people like they didn't want me being alone. So one outing we did was my dad drove me up to New York to stay with like his friends, my dad's best friends, uh, grandma. Oh no, my dad's best friend's mom who like he considered his grandma to his mom too, I guess. And, uh, staying with them was, my dad's friend's daughter who was my age named Kayla. And, uh, I remember Kayla was, she's just a crazy girl from Florida to give you context, but she was visiting New York and she has the biggest titties I've, I've, uh, ever encountered on like a tiny person. You know, I've seen big titties on like big people, but like she was proportionally, she was the most disproportionately huge titties uh, I've ever encountered. And at that point I was like very confident. Cause I was like in this like fuck it mood of like, I killed my, I tried killing myself, but I'm going to college. It's going to be fine. I just have to get through the summer. So I was just kind of like whatever. And I guess the swag was working. And uh, I remember like we hung out. There was a lot of flirting throughout the day, but I was just like, nah, was, she's basically like my cousin because it's like my dad's like kind of niece in a way. I don't know. That's how I viewed it. And then uh, I remember that night we were watching uh, like dumb movies on whatever she had, whatever grandma had. She had some kind of satellite service, but we got to some kind of soft core. Uh, we thought it was like a dumb like rom-com parody thing, but it was very clearly, we found out very quickly it was like softcore pornography. Uh, and I remember we just sat there and like watched it for a good like 20 minutes. Uh, and I didn't know that was a sign that you should just like fucking make a move. But I, I guess she, she did. And uh, this is like the second... Uh, girl have done anything more than like really kissing. So like I was emotionally like cheaty, but not ever. I didn't fuck anyone else. I didn't fuck anyone else besides Julie. And, uh, I remember we, it was like two in the morning at her grandma's house and we fucked on like the kitchen floor so that we'd be like out of, site if someone came into the living room or something and uh that was the first time i'd hit hit it raw as well she just let me just put it in like that uh 
And I remember like wanting to eat her out more because like I'd gotten really used to eating Julie out like for hours, not for hours, but just like extended periods. And uh, she wasn't really into that. And that was concerning to me because I was like, well, that's my like my selling point. I don't know. At least that's what I thought. That's what I still think now, actually, is my my pussy eating is my my trump card. But uh, she wasn't into it. And uh, we just went to fuck and I busted in like, I swear to God, like 10 minutes, not 10 minutes, 10 seconds. It was amazing. Uh, and she let me bust inside, which is insane. Uh, but we were 18 and it was hot. So whatever. And uh, it was awesome. And I remember like, we, I don't remember being caught. I don't remember anyone waking up, but I remember on the drive home, my dad definitely definitely made it clear that he like knew but like it said it in the weirdest way he 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 made it obvious in the weirdest way he was like you know i had the weirdest dream uh the other night that i woke up and you and 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 kayla were having sex and i was like yeah that's a weird dream like, I don't know. I don't know why he just didn't, like, what did he expect me to just be like, yeah, like, we actually, that wasn't a dream, dad. Uh, I don't know. It was really funny. It was really funny that he would just be like, yeah, I had a dream. I don't I, I don't believe it, you know? Like, if you walked in on us fucking, you just say so, you know? But he is the type that would uh, beat around the bush like that. Uh, don't know what happened to Kayla. She doesn't come back. I, I think my dad still keeps in touch with her and I'm sure she has like three kids and you know, a shitty baby daddy in, in Florida. Actually, I hope she's fine. I hope she's well, but knowing the rest of that family, they're, they're like not, she, she's probably not okay, but craziest titties. And she let me come inside. Hope that's not my baby out there, but it was a good way to like move on, you know, from, uh, all, all, all of high school and that high school relationship. And then, uh, Kelsey C comes back into the picture. My, uh, I guess technically like a cousin in law from middle school that I like had a crush on and like probably like masturbated to the thought of her, uh, many a time in my, my peak jerk off years. Uh, that summer after that outing with my dad, I had this outing with a bunch of my cousins on my mom's side who were closer to my age. And we all went to Virginia to go to the beach and like go to, I don't know, jet skiing or something. Uh, we did some fun shit. And then, uh, but Kelsey was there. And I just remember we were playing like video games and like the whole time me and Kelsey were texting and I was just like, I don't know if I initiated, I'm pretty sure I did. I was just like in a fucking mood. And, uh, and I just like snuck off to her room and, uh, if you forget, Kelsey's the one that's like basic ass, like white cheerleader girl who like only eats, uh, chicken nuggets and like French fries. And, uh, I don't know if this affected the experience, but uh, I remember thinking her pussy just tasted like really, uh, uh, I don't know, like kind of like the aftertaste of eating like 
old Burger King fries where it's kind of like this weird film on like the roof of your mouth. That's what I remember eating her pussy was like. And I chalked it up to her her awful diet. But uh, I remember she... Yeah. And that was also my first time with someone who was a complete like dead fish. In my experience, she was just like completely... Not even like in a... I don't really think in like a submissive way. She was just like completely like did not... Just did not do anything... I don't know. I don't know. I know there's a there's a fine line between submissive and lazy, but I think she was on the side of uh, lazy. Don't at me. Uh, yeah, that was an interesting one. I got to I got to fulfill that that fantasy that I had jerked off to so many times, but it was uh, extremely uh, underwhelming. Uh, and then. Yeah, and then I spent that summer like kind of just actually I did I spent that summer kind of trying to uh I don't know, rekindle things with like long lost bays. Not rekindle, but just like see if I could get something out of it before everyone went off to college and like, you know, found better people. <laughs> so, I went on a date with like Tiffany, the the girl that I ended up not asking out freshman year, and we had a really good day. And then, like, I remember bringing her back to my house, and we like were on my bed watching a movie, and then just like nothing. There were just like a couple occasions of that happening where I was like getting into these situations where I could have made a move, and then just not doing anything because I felt weird. I felt weird. My, my conscience or something kicked in or I was just depressed. I don't know. But uh, I remember distinctly doing that with, with the Tiffany F. Uh, and I think she took it as like when we went off to school that we were we had a thing again. And I remember her being mad that I didn't like wish her a happy birthday or something. And, uh, I don't know why I remember that detail, but I do. Uh <coughs> So at this point, like my relationship with my parents is not, it's not like recovered in any way. We didn't talk about anything that happened over the past like years. They were just like happy that I was going off to college. Uh, and I was like, at that point in my life, I was like, yeah, that's fine. Like, let's just leave it at that. And uh, if that's how it has to be, then yeah, we'll, we'll come back to it eventually or maybe never, but uh, just for context. Uh, got to freshman year college and like one of the first days like during the, the corny like student orientation events uh, I met this girl named Emma P who did give off uh, Emma Stone vibes very much like the very dry snarky you know uh kind of like half like Aubrey Plaza vibe, which was like cool at the time, which was like 20, 2013, I guess. Uh, and she was a, a ginger and, uh, I remember like realizing that I, you know, we started like kind of dating more seriously, but this was like freshman year college. So 
and the first couple of weeks of college of the first semester. So it was like her trying to enjoy being like a, a party slut basically. And like, I wanted to do that too. I, I was totally down, but my school wasn't uh, in that place that you could do that uh, as a guy. Uh, unless you were like in a frat immediately or, or, uh, or I don't know if you had siblings or you had friends who were like upperclassmen, which I had, I had no connections. So I was living the, the classic, like, you know, lose your freshman dorm, uh, life, but she was going out a lot. And, uh, I remember like projecting a lot of, you know, all the insecurities I had from my relationship with Julie onto Emma and like I even told Emma I think about Julie just so that she knew like where I was coming from and like where not what to expect but just so that she was aware that I was still like dealing with a lot of baggage I guess uh, both relationships and just like mental health wise there's just I, I, I was fucked um, and she was really cool I remember she was really chill and I remember uh I probably could have almost, you know, led to her death one time because she came home and I didn't, uh, I left her alone. She came home really drunk to her dorm and like wanted me to come up and fuck her, but she was just like throwing up. And I remembered like, for whatever reason, I didn't know the etiquette of like, you should have them, you know, make sure that they like are on their side or like face down or whatever. I don't know, maybe I guess on their side still the best so that they don't like drown in their own vomit, either in a puddle or like in their own mouth. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know why I remember that. But yeah, she she was like really, you know, going hard and there was nothing wrong with that. It just made me realize I was like, oh, I'm not going to date someone who's like really into partying right now. That sounds stressful. <laughs> and during this time uh uh julie was julie visited our campus because the guy that snuck in that weaseled in and asked her to prom that took her to prom while we were broken up uh was james james went to the same college he also went to westchester university and had a bunch of the uh, the hip art kids from their friend group, uh, I guess, visiting Westchester that that week, that weekend. And Julie was part of that group. And we met up and I think we fucked. And then I was like, you know, walking around with her on campus. And I think we took her to the dining hall, treated her to a meal swipe or whatever. You know, no big deal. Uh, fancy shit. And, and Emma, I remember she didn't realize it was Julie, but she thought I was, I was hanging out with Julie lookalikes. And even that was enough for her to get really pissed. She was like, Oh, this guy's fucking crazy. Like he can't get over his ex. He's just dating like other manic pixie dream girl types. Uh, and then I had to be like, well, it's, it's actually Julie. Sorry. Um, and <laughs> what's weird and like dumb is that I remember, and then Julie left, it wasn't like a, we're back together type of thing. It was just like, well, see ya. And 
I didn't want to date Emma, but I was like, well, let's try to save her. Uh, let's try to, you know, not burn a bridge already, you know, one month into school. And I remember I went and I bought flowers and I bought like Swedish fish because I was her favorite. And I, I brought them to her dorm, to Emma's dorm. And I apologized for I don't know what I did wrong, I guess. I, I guess we weren't like officially dating, so I wasn't like cheating, but you know, I, I would have known how obviously I knew she was offended that I like met up with Julie on campus after I, I told her all the fucked up shit we like had put each other through. And I didn't know what what was gonna happen. I was like, I didn't think I was like, I guess I wanted to be friends, but I didn't really know that going in. I was like, maybe we'll still fuck. I don't know. There's part of me that was probably like, yeah, we're probably like, let's still fuck after this. Uh, and then I think she's like, so what? So, you know, you brought me flowers and candy. Does that mean you want to like, we're going to date? And I was like, I know, I guess I, I probably shouldn't have like done all this stuff, all these, these gestures if I wasn't planning on like actually just dating you again. So, really dumb but like that was like a a learning experience for me of like oh that is a mix that is a, like the ultimate like mixed signal of like what do you actually like want uh, and i was just an idiot but uh we weren't good friends after that she was kind of just always gave me the stink guy she never gave me back my cool chicago bull sweatshirt but uh I remember like senior year, she asked me to like hang out. I didn't know what it meant. And then she, she flaked on me, but she like out of the blue. She was like, yeah, I'd be cool to catch up with you before we graduate. And then, yeah, she never saw her again. And then she added me on LinkedIn, her and her, like her host let friends added me on, on LinkedIn, like a year or two ago. <laughs> They're all like realtors or, uh, I don't know, hiring specialists. Uh, I still think about it though. She was really cool. Uh, and then I dated a girl, another, okay. So then I dated another Julie. Okay. Which, you know, you might think is problematic and maybe it was, maybe it was. This Julie was different than Julie S, Julie L number two. Uh, she was a mutual friend of my roommate of yeah my roommates they went to the same high school and she didn't go to her school but eventually would transfer but she visited for halloween with one of her friends and she took a liking to me immediately and uh i was hot as shit i don't know i had some kind of weird bipolar i was really i was kind of manic i was probably pretty manic at that time because i was fucking around with my meds and like smoking weed and like doing uh, 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 um, uh, Vivans. There was a there was a frat boy down the hall that sold his vi his prescription Vivans, and I was doing that. So I was like, you know, probably all sorts of excited and like enamored with the novelty of college and drugs, and it was a good time. Uh, so I was swagged out. Is what I'm trying to say. I was major league swag out, and Julie L picked up on it, and. Uh, we dated. I remember like, I didn't know how to like have something casual. I was just like, I was just addicted to 
I was I was focused on trying to find that that feeling of of Julie S again. Maybe I just assumed that that's what it always had to be, or that's all I ever wanted was this deep loving relationship. And I'm pretty sure. I, and I told Julie I loved her at one point, only after a few short weeks, maybe or maybe a month. And uh, and at that time, I hadn't. Uh, really resolve things with my family or at least, at least not enough that I wanted to go home for the holidays. And I spent Thanksgiving with their family after dating her a month. I slept over and got kicked out by her dad on Thanksgiving morning. I told that story. And then I spent Thanksgiving dinner with them that same day after I got caught, uh, you know, after their, their daughter got caught blowing me in her childhood bedroom, uh, and yeah, yeah, I like went really heavy with her because I was just like, I just wanted to love and feel loved again. And I didn't know how to, I didn't, I didn't understand the implications of involving someone like that, but uh, I made her love me. And things were fine. They were fine. And I, I went, you know, I brought her to my hometown for new years and we spent it in some friend's basement, played just dance. And, uh, over that new year's, uh, me and Julie S, uh, hooked up. We had sex and I was like, well, I guess I should got to break up with Julie L now. So this is twice now that I was dating someone else kind of like going well. And then uh, Julie S shows up and fucks me and, uh, and I cave immediately and, and then break up with the other girl. So this is the second time this happens now. Uh, there was a time I met up with Julie S when she was uh, studying in Philly. I would take the bus, like I would take the bus and the train probably like two hours bus train bus to get to her dorm and then we would just fuck in her tiny dorm room for like a weekend uh and that was like a month that was like a couple of weeks before i met julie l uh and that's when the sex got really like good actually because like we stopped using condoms and it was just pulling out and it felt risky and uh i got good at like that's when I, I feel like I got good at like sex kind of good, like better. I, I improved significantly during this period as freshman year of college. Uh, and it doesn't matter. I don't know what I'm saying, but broke up with Julie L after telling her I loved her. There, there were times where I was like, I was making like literal, like, uh, like Venn diagrams, but also like, you know, pros and cons lists of like Julie S versus Julie L. Like, you know, one's got, they both got fat asses, but you know, different one squirts and the other doesn't. And, uh, one, I don't know, just like one's got manlier hands though. And, you know, she's Italian. So, you know what that means? You know, just like really dumb, superficial, like, pros cons list uh so that was julie too and then 
after that, me and Julie S kind of like started dating again, long distance while she worked at a, at this point she had dropped out of school. She left Philly and then went to work on a mushroom farm, not psychedelic, just like regular mushrooms, uh, somewhere in like around like Kutztown, Pennsylvania, but she was just living and, and working on the mushroom farm and writing me like poetry and making me crafts and like baked goods and, and mailing them to me. And so she was like fully like in love with me again. Uh, at this point, all I had to do was date two other women in the middle uh, to make her fall in love with me once more. Uh, but during this time, I was like, huh, maybe Julie's kind of toxic because I'm trying to move on with my life. And uh, she's not a homewrecker. You know, obviously, I made the decision to, like, get back with her, too. Uh, but there's part of me that's like, I feel like she was trying to manipulate on the flip side for once. You know, I just always... I had spent most of high school feeling like the bad guy, blah, 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 that I was the bad person. And so like, I never had practice being in the mindset that anything she did was wrong. And it was during this time when we were dating long distance where I was like, you know, she's kind of like not really good for me at the moment and probably hasn't been like, I'm trying to, you know, do my own thing here. Uh, and she kind of keeps dragging me back to this like hole because she wasn't having a good time at school. Clearly she dropped out. And then uh, she wasn't having a good time living alone, basically on a mushroom farm. Uh, and she was talking about like, like moving in together, like getting a place in Westchester and like, you know, really like moving, like settling in a way. And this is my second semester into college. I'm 19. We're both 19. Uh, <laughs> but the sex was awesome. So, you know, obviously that complicates things. But uh, I think it was, that was probably my last Valentine's Day that I was dating someone that I was like actively like, in a, in a nice committed like relationship that probably was that, that Valentine's day with her and we didn't see each other. I just remember she sent me a really, really nice thing in the mail. She sent me this whole like care package, you know, college. Uh, and then I was like, I don't think this is going to work. I think that was like, that was it for me. I was like, yeah, it's, this has to stop because I don't think it's good for either of us because I'm not that serious. I, like, I can't be that serious with you because there's a lot that we're not going to work on while we're long distance. There's a lot, we're not going to be able to fix a lot of this stuff uh, while I'm trying to like do college and like study and like, you know, not flunk out of college uh, that I can't really balance with like this deep, complicated, like unresolved kind of problematic relationship with you. Uh, and I didn't know how to say that and I didn't know how to say that. And I'm pretty sure the way I broke up with her was pretty crude and, and kind of ignorant and pretty lame. Uh, at least that's how I remember it. So yeah, I remember we, we had to end that. <coughs> we ended that. Uh, 
it doesn't sound good because I say all that. And then the next person I think I dated was Becca. What the hell? What keeps happening? What's going on, baby? Okay. She. So the girl I dated after that was Becca, which I've definitely mentioned before, but Mecca, Becca is the, uh, she's not Mennonite, but she, her, her mom was basically raised Mennonite and had kind of like left the community or wasn't like actively as religious or practicing anymore, but, uh, still definitely like influenced her life. Still definitely like was surrounded by that culture. She went to Lancaster Mennonite High School. All of her friends at that time had, you know, bays. They had booth things. They had promise rings or they were engaged or were married by like 19. Uh, and, you know, her older brothers were kind of in that same boat. You know, they all married in their 20s or were in, they were all in their 20s and like either engaged or were married and had kids by like 23. Uh, and then her parents, Mary, when she was like, they were 18, you know, so it was just, it, there was this pattern and like this weird pressure, like off the bat. And I didn't know what I was getting into really, but I, we matched on Tinder. So I was like, you know, probably ideally going to be more casual. And this is actually the first person I ever, I'm pretty sure I ever met through Tinder that actually like culminated in meeting. And she wasn't from school. She was like, we matched when I had my radius set to include my hometown, I guess. And we started meeting, like I would like drive home or I would like take the, the train home to go like hang out with her. Uh, and I really liked her family cause she had this, like, it was like four biological children and like eight adopted Asian children from various Asian countries, all with some sort of medical uh, or some kind of physical uh, deformity or handicap that this rich doctor family spent money to correct and then house. So it was kind of like, a, it was a very interesting family, but all rooted in, uh, in faith where we're, you know, first there's God and then there's man and then there's wife and then the children come last, uh, that kind of ideology. Uh, and, uh, Becca was really funny. I, I met Becca like, I think March or April of 2014. So still freshman year, like still kind of fresh from Julie, but, she was really like Becca was really like wholesome because of her, you know, background, but very neurotic, very like big on, uh, she just had a lot of insecurities about her, her weight. She was like really skinny at the time when I met her, but she was, I think a little bit bulimic and also, uh, very into diets, all sorts of diets. Um, 
and not like in a good way. She looked unhealthy and also her hair was, I remember her having a thing about her scalp thinning all the time and like her scalp was bleeding. That was, no, is that what I said? Her scalp was bleeding. Yeah. Her scalp would be bleeding. Uh, don't know if that was related to diet. I can't imagine the diet helped, but, uh, what, what was the point? She, I liked her a lot. I was kind of feigning like interest in like, you know, I was raised Catholic, so I could kind of do the thing, but they, her parents went to like a mega church, which is funny. They went to the mega church that like my high school graduation happened in and that my mom started going to. So it kind of like overlapped in a weird way where it was like, Oh, my mom kind of likes this family cause they go to this mega church and are like, want to marry sooner. So probably will guarantee like grandchildren sooner basically is the vibe of why my mom liked her. I think, uh, and you know, she was kind of sheltered and like not allowed to be as, I don't I, you know, she, she was branching out as a 19 year old. And so she was a little more open to doing freaky shit, but, but she wasn't into having sex. So we spent a lot of time, no penetrative vaginal sex. Uh, it's funny. It's like the, it's like the stereotypical, like she would do anal, but like not have vaginal sex, but we never did anal, but she sounded way more receptive to like doing anal before she would have, uh, let me slip my pee pee in her, her, her vajayjay. Um, but we did a lot of hot dogging. I got really into, uh, wet, wet humping, you know, where I just rub my dick between her lips, between her pussy lips. Uh, and that would make me come, you know, obviously I like that's a step up still from dry humping and, and jeans or whatever, but, uh, still like almost worse. Cause it's even like, it's so close. Like it's, it's almost too much of a tease. So it was hot for a little bit, but I remember being like, this has to, I can't, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know if I'm willing to marry to like have sex at this point, uh, <coughs> which taught me a lesson. And, and that's, that's how a lot of people uh, live. That's how a lot of people get married and not just in South Central PA, but in any relatively more orthodox religious community bunch of people not having sex and getting married so they can bust a nut inside their wives. Crazy. Uh, but it, that, yeah. So she was really on that boat and she was kind of funny cause she like went on like mission trips and stuff The kind, it wasn't super like, it wasn't just like two weeks in Africa to teach English to, you know, to pretend to teach English to children and get cool pictures. Uh, it was still kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Voluntourism, I think is the, the appropriate term. She went for three months at a time to very, she went to the Philippines and like Nicaragua and like, I forget the other place, but it seems like three months is actually enough time to like do something substantial. You're not just going to like vacation basically and feel good about yourself. So I had a little more respect for her in that sense, but I still realized she was in this 
community of, of that. Um, but she, I remember like she talked about going to Nicaragua and like uh, 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 giving like volcano tours or something and visiting her old host family. And she kind of implied that like if I went to Nicaragua with her for like a couple months that she would fuck me. Like it wasn't like this direct like she didn't say that, but it was in the context of us like having like of like making out and like probably hot dogging and she's like, you know, it would be really hot to do this in Nicaragua and maybe more. And that was kind of I remember like that being kind of it. And I was like, that can't be. That can't be it. I don't know. There was part of me that's like that's that can't be like the step before getting married is 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 going to Nicaragua to have sex with you. Um at least not at this stage of my life. I'm sure like if I had that offer like right now, I would I would I would do that. Totally. Uh if I had met Becca at 27, probably it would have worked out. It probably actually would have worked out. I'd probably be like met like married by now. Uh and have eight adopted Asian children, you know, but this was at 19 and, uh, she was probably too good for me. And I hated her white friends. They, they were just so obnoxious. Uh, and I ended up breaking up with her after like a, a really heavy acid trip where I was just like, yeah, I'm not going to marry this chick. So like, let me stop wasting her time basically. Uh, and yeah, the way I broke up with her was really bad just because, you know, she took it as like, well, it sounds like you never liked me that much in the first place. And it's not like we ever talked about, we never talked about marriage. We never even used like love. We didn't, I never said I loved her. We never talked like that. Uh, but I guess it was one of these unspoken things where it's like, and her culture, all of her friends, it's like if you're dating for that long or if you're dating, you're, you're dating to marry, you know, there's no dating casually. Um, and I didn't, I mean, I felt that pressure eventually and that's why I broke up when I did. But I remember thinking like, that's a weird expectation to have, like to, to just like, you know, to have it not be said is just like, we're dating to marry. Um, and so she took it as like, I never liked her in the first place that I never liked her at all. Uh, and at stupid me, I, you know, instead of trying to be like, no, I, I did like you. Like I, that's why we dated for a while. And that's why like, this is hard to do. Cause I like you, but like not enough to like marry you at this point. Like I, I can't like commit to that. Uh, but instead of saying anything like that, I was just like zooted still from like the acid I had taken the day before. And I was just like, yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I hated you. And I, if there was part of me that's like, oh, this will make it easier for her to like move on because then she like has reason to like hate me. I'm just like a scumbag, uh, which is so dumb. I, I And I understand that. But, you know, in my mind at the time, and you know, a 19 year old getting really into acid, uh, I was like convinced that like that was the... Uh, ideal way to break up with someone is to just make them hate you completely. I thought I was doing her a favor. Uh, but up until that point, I was still kind of like, 
I still liked her, which was, was confusing to me. So just not enough to like keep leading her on thinking like we would get married, I guess. And at one point she actually caught me using, uh, we met on Tinder, but I was using OkCupid too at the time. And she caught me, uh, I think one of her friends found me on OkCupid. And I remember she made an account uh, and messaged me like, hi, I'm Gabe and I'm a fucking douchebag. And I thought that was it. I thought that was like, you know, we're going to fight and then that's going to be it. And somehow uh, we recovered from that. So we didn't break up then. That was like months before we actually broke up. But I remember like, huh, how do you, I don't know what I said. I, I have no idea like what I could have possibly said that convinced her like that, that was okay. Uh, but I hadn't cheated on her. I hadn't actually cheated on her. I was, I was using OkCupid. So emotionally cheating. Yeah. But I don't know what I said to her. That was like, I probably said something like, Oh, just, I needed like, uh, some kind of emotional, need or outlet or whatever i'm just like oh i'm just talking like i really don't know i like i i like i'm sure it was a lie and i wish i could remember what i lied because i i definitely lied a lot and i wish i could remember what i would even say because it that's a, it's a bad lie if you can't recall it because then you can't stick to it you know i think that was always my problem but yeah yeah, so, and I mentioned that because it, it will come up later, but we broke up and uh, I still think about her because she taught me not to be such a fucking douchebag when you break up with someone just for the sake of like not treating them like uh, like you know what's best for like someone else in like emotionally uh, that you know, I'm supposed to just, I kind of just still feel guilty about it years later, even though I know she doesn't care. Probably. It's not that she forgot, but it's just like, you know, I was just some dude she met and dated for a couple months, almost a year, I guess. Uh, and probably was thinking of marrying me. So we were on different pages, I think from the start, but the point is that I, realize I can't uh, I can't treat people like that. I can't objectify people like that and just assume their their needs uh, are my own. Something like that. I don't think I'm a better person from that. Not at all. I don't think I learned my lesson clearly as I'll demonstrate later. But somehow we only got through like it's been an hour 15. I barely got through. There's still so much. Uh, this is dumb. Okay. I'll see you next week. I'll probably still be sick and I'll probably still be like struggling to do anything. Um, but I'll see ya. Thanks for tuning in. I'm, I'm super gay. Hit me up. Instagram, Geraldo Rivera, 2024, all underscores. If you're listening to this, just audio. You can find the video on X videos and OnlyFans if you want to see it uncensored. 
Um, and I am on Snapchat. Snapchat's retarded, though. If you're on Snapchat, it means you're looking at porn. It's it's either you're a content creator on Snapchat making porn or you're a person that apparently doesn't get enough porn in other avenues and has to go so far as to add their favorite porn creators on Snapchat as well. Uh, or you're like 12 to 14 years old or you're a pedophile. So those four groups and they can overlap, but I've learned that uh, that is what Snapchat's for. And if you're a full grown adult using it, the fifth, the fifth group is just retarded, like middle-aged person who like posts like the most mundane shit on like the public, uh, like location stories. That's what Snapchat is. So don't add me on that. If you do, I'll just assume you're a fucking idiot. Um, but you're welcome to do it cause it's there, you know, and it, I make a little money off of it sometimes, but not really. So it's kind of a waste of my time, but it's kind of just standard if you if you make porn. So that's uh, Geraldo Geraldo.rivera if uh after all that you still want to add me. I don't post anything on it. I actually just use it to argue with uh idiots that like to add porn creators on Snapchat. I really just like to to argue with people. So, if you want to argue with me, Hit me up on Snapchat. Uh, hit me up in general. I'm very lonely. Today is February 13th. I don't really care much for Valentine's Day itself, but I'm generally lonely anyway, aside from the holiday. So feel free to hit me up. Uh, I'm going through it. I'm going through it for real for real as a result of both covid long covid and uh now being unemployed and now succumbing to being a cam boy the reality is setting in of what the fuck am i gonna do for the rest of my life i'm in that that stage as most people are uh but it's you know it's uh it's a little heavier than usual so thanks for, uh, thanks for being there with me. Um, nothing else has happened. I, I hope, I hope, uh, I hope bad things happen. I'm ready for, uh, another COVID, another, maybe a, a war, a world war of sorts, nukes, just anything. I don't know. I know, I know there's always a lot of shit happening, but I need something that reaches me. I'm in a bubble, you know, I'm stuck in this little bubble. So natural disaster. Fuck it.
Yeah, I'm thinking about hot dogging right now for sure. Yeah, that's so hot. Mm. Mm, yeah, all the fixins. Mm. God, yeah, please, please, please. How the fuck you got, baby? <sighs> yeah, fuck. Ah, 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 fuck. Happy Valentine's. I'll see you next week. Thanks.